0: And as we look this morning at Jesus or the wilderness, I want us as a church to focus on something this morning that we advance into the miracle territory of believing. Because this reminds us that in order to experience victory in the life of our church, we need to do one thing, and that is believe on the name of Jesus. And when we have the power to believe, which is instilled in us by the saving power of the Holy Spirit. When we have the power that Christ left in us there to believe, we can do great and mighty things. And I pray as a church that we understand how great that power is. That's what I want us to look at this morning. Sorry, but this thing, it makes me want to do that. (laughs) It's kind of like the dog chasing his tail, and you sit there and watch it chase his tail, and you just realize, I watched the dog chase his tail. You know, they're entertained pretty easily. And then I think of myself, yes, I am, all right? Yeah. Well, we're going to have a good time this morning. So if you've got your Bibles open, I'm going to look at some things about believing and the power of miracles. We read miracles all throughout Scripture, especially the New Testament. The Gospels tell us about the power of miracles, and just a few of them. Jesus turned water into wine. He made the blind to see, deaf to hear, lame to walk. He raised the dead from the grave. He took a man's ear, cut it off, put it back on, as if it had never been removed. Jesus fed an enormous crowd of some 5,000-plus people with some fish and some bread. Jesus spoke, and the sea and the waves were stilled. He's the man who walked on water. He's the man who died and rose from the grave. Those are all miracles. And we praise God for those things. In the book of John we read this account. Sorry, I didn't mark this one. But I want you to hear this. John chapter 21. Verse 25. 24, we'll start there. This is a disciple who is testifying to these things and wrote these things that we know that this is his testimony and it is true. And there also are many other things which Jesus did, which if they were all written in detail, I suppose that even the world itself would not be able to contain the books that were written about him. The power to believe. So as we understand what it means to believe and go about looking at that this morning, Jesus is undeniably the king of what? Miracles. Jesus is undeniably the only one that we need in our life with the power that he can gives in us to believe. So I pray if we hear nothing else this morning, this one word that we would walk out of here with is that we need to believe, okay? I want you to watch this video with me. It's from Facing the Giants, but it's about believing in yourself, and as a church, I think it's pretty important that we believe in ourselves. But it's also even more important that we understand the power that has been placed in us for the power to believe. So watch this video clip with me. So, Coach, how strong
1: is Westview this year?
0: A lot stronger than we are.
1: You already written Friday Night Down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy.
0: What, am I in trouble now?
1: Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best.
0: <laughs>
1: what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. you going to give me your best. I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you do it blindfolded.
2: Because
1: I don't want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming.
2: There
1: you go. Come on, Come on. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength.
3: That's it, Brock. That's it. the twenty yet? Forget the twenty. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Ain't done. Just rest in a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit until you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep dri- keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on. Keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know I'm... he's heavy. And then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock? You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going.
2: You not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. Thirty more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn and let it burn. The are it's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You probably be your best your best. Don't no, stop. Keep going. It's too hard. It's not too hard. You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your best. Don't quit. No. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Brock Kelly, you don't quit. Keep going. Keep going. Go, no, Brock Kelly. You don't quit on me.
1: Look up, Brock. You're in the end zone.
3: Brock, you are the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Don't tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a hundred and forty pound man across this whole field in your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach? Can I count on you?
2: Yes.
0: Coach? What is it, Jeremy? I wear 160. That's how I envision God with us. Don't give up on God. You have more in you. Quit looking at the circumstances right in front of you. Many times we walk through this life saying we can't do that or I don't believe that I can do that. The Bible is very clear that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if we believe that with all of our heart, we can do great and mighty things. I played football, and I remember doing bear crawls back in the day. In our bear crawls, we had to go up a hill that went to our baseball field, go across the hill, and down the hill. And the first time I had to do that, I thought, there's no way, because I looked at the hill. And if you've ever been in Herman, Missouri, we have some pretty her- serious hills. But when we believe in ourselves that we have the power to do, there are things that we can do that will surprise us. And I want us today to have that mindset, for if you're taking notes, that first point is they're moving into miracle territory, believing. Moving into miracle territory, believing. The first miracle that you experience is that miracle of salvation in Jesus Christ. If that don't put a smile on your face, nothing will. And having the power and that miracle of Jesus Christ in your life will let you do things that if you'll just put a blindfold on and move forward and trust God for it, you're going to do some amazing things. And in the life of a church, many times we look at, I'll use our church as an example. We want to build a sanctuary. Do you believe that's possible? I hope as a church, you do. Because we have people here that believe and have done and continue to do great and mighty things. So as we move forward as a church, I pray that we get on our knees, so to speak, that we bear crawl, that we look to God for everything and believe. Understanding that moving into miracle territory is believing. Believing. We're going to read from Numbers there. I told you to turn there, so we will believe that and read that. I'm going to read just a few here in the very beginning. In Numbers chapter 13, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send out your men so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give you, the sons of Israel. You shall send a man from each of their father's tribes, every one a leader among them. So Moses went, or excuse me, Moses sent them, From the wilderness of Paran, at the command of the Lord, all of the men who were heads of some uh, of the sons of Israel, excuse me, and I'm not going to go through and read you those names and embarrass myself because I can't pronounce half of them, all right? But as you read down through those next few verses, and we go over to verse 17 with me, it says, when Moses sent them out to spy out the land of Canaan, he said to them, go up there into Negev, then go Up into the hill country see what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak whether they are few or whether they are many how is the land in which they live is it good or is it bad and how are the cities in which they live are they like open camps or with fortifications how is the land is it fat or lean are there trees in it or not Make an effort then to get some of the fruit of the land. Now, the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So, God calls us, if you're taking notes still there, to believe with determination. As He sends these men out, leaders of their families, leaders of their families, tribes, leaders in the church, so to speak. He gave them a directive to do something. Look at these different attributes of it. We watched in this video that these boys had the coach not done what he did. They were already beat before they got to their next game. And many times in the lives of Christians, we're already beat or defeated because we see something that's in front of us and we say, oh my, instead of Let's go. So we see a couple voices here in chapter 13. First we see the voice of doubt. Then we see the voice of determination. What is it about the voice of doubt in each and every one of us? We all have that voice that hits us from time to time, don't we? That voice that says, you know... You really can't do that. Or maybe you shouldn't go there or be a part of that, right? If it's God the one telling you to do it, be determined to do it and don't doubt God. But all throughout Scripture we read of men and women who God called to do something and many ran from Him and wanted to do other things because they had that voice of doubt that overrode that voice of God of determination. And God is there just like that coach, and I believe this. He's just like that coach encouraging you to move forward and move on in your life. Because what happens when we do that, when we face great obstacles? Them boys got up and took notice. I would love for our community to take notice of Troy First Baptist Church, not because of me or anybody here, but because of what is happening, because people believe on the name of Jesus. Believe. Don't listen to that voice of doubt. We read that there in 13 2. We'll start out here. That first voice that we notice, the Lord said to Moses, Send out yourself, men, so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to you. Now, think about those words. We have those words to read, but God said, What? Go. And do it. That should have been enough to make them determine that they were going to go possess that land, but it wasn't. He gave them more direction go and see how big they are, go and see if they have trees, go and see if they have food, go and see if it has all of these things, and then report back to me what you find. And many times that's what we do. We see something and we report back. I tell my wife, I say, I don't know if we can do that. And she goes, Well, you knucklehead, we know you can, okay? Because there are things that we can do if we believe. And God gives that direction there. And that's one of the things, as I read that, I just can't believe that they had any doubt. But all through Scripture, we read of people who doubted the commands of the Lord. In verse 3, he goes on to say here, he says, So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran at the command of the Lord, and all the men who were heads of the sons of Israel. Go and do this thing. You know, sometimes I feel we would just as soon take another trip in the wilderness as step out on faith. How many times did the Israelites, or how many years did the Israelites, we read that story, spend in the wilderness because of doubt, because of not listening to the call of the Lord on their life? 40 years. There's an analogy out there that says that the first 40 years of your life you spend trying to figure out what it is you want to do with your life. Think about that. Wandering around. That's kind of a scary thought. Beans the average lifespan is about 75 for men and Almost 80 for women. So we spend over half of our life wandering around in the wilderness trying to determine what it is that God has for us. That's a scary thought to me. Been there. But this voice of determination. Go and look. Get get this information. And the voice of doubt, we didn't read that yet, but I want you to think, and I think I said voice of doubt first. It should have been voice of determination there, excuse me. But voice of doubt, verse 26. Starting in verse 25, actually. thirteen twenty-five. When they returned from spying out the land at the end of the 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregations of the sons of Israel. And in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, they brought back word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So they brought back what they were told to bring back. Thus they told them and said, We went into the land that you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey. And here's, this is the fruit. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong. Their cities are fortified, very large, and moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak. The Amalek is living in the land of Negev, and the Hittites and the Jezubites and the Amorites are all living in the hill country, and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. A voice of reason, finally, among the voice of doubt. We have all of these reasons that we look at, we see all of these things that we don't believe we can overcome. Caleb steps in and he goes, yeah, but who... Who told us to do this? The Lord. The Lord our God told us to do this. Believe. Wipe out that idea of doubt. Be determined that you're going to move forward in your life believing that God is sufficient for all you need. Don't give place to the devil. Don't give place to negative thoughts. We should take possession, he said, for we can certainly do it. That's the power of believing. How many of you have ever heard of Cliff Young? His full name is Albert Ernest Cliff Young. Hmm. He's a man that was born in Australia, grew up in Australia, and did an amazing feat at the age of 62. There's a race in Australia that's called one of the longest marathons that there is. It's 544 miles. It's a marathon. And there's been many people run it over the centuries and years that it, since it's been established. But in 1983, a man by the name of Albert Ernst Clifford Young showed up. He was a potato farmer. He showed up in his bib overalls and rubber boots. And when I say rubber boots, it's what we would know today as our muck boots. To run a 544-mile race. Believing that he could do it based on this premise. At the age of 56, Ernest started running at the age of 56. And he started with 2 miles, 5 miles, 10 miles, 26 miles. Up till the age of 62. At the age of 61, he ran straight 3 days in a row without stopping. On his potato farm, which was over 2,000 acres there in Australia, Queensland area, he had sheep as well, almost 2,500 to be exact. That's about is exact, okay? But he had to chase these sheep with his feet, not by horse, because their family was so poor they couldn't afford to buy a horse. And I'm thinking, if you can afford 2,500 sheep, you could afford a horse to chase them on. But that wasn't in their thinking. So for three days straight to prepare for this marathon of 544 miles, Ernest, on his 2,000-acre farm, ran for three days without stopping, chasing sheep. And in 1983, he showed up at the start line, in his bib overalls, and his rubber boots, and a hat. Unlike any other racer that was there, there were world-class racers from around the world that showed up, and they kind of did this. (laughs) Look at him. The cool thing about this man is, I'm going to read you this little story snippet about him. In 1983, now at the age of 61 years old, Young won the inaugural Westfield Sydney to Melbourne Ultra Marathon, a distance of 544 miles. The race was uh, run between what were the what were Australia's then two largest shopping centers, the Westfield <coughs> Promenade, excuse me, in Sydney and Westfield-Doncaster in Melbourne. Young arrived to compete in overhauls and work boots. I've told you that. Here's the real good thing about this. He showed up, though, however, without his dentures because he didn't want them clattering as he ran. As the race started, he ran a slow and loping pace, and he trailed the pack, by a large margin, at the end of the first day. While the other competitors stopped to sleep for six hours, Young kept running. He ran continuously for five days, while the other competitors stopped each night for six hours. During the first night, however, Young took the lead to never give it up. Before running the race, he told the press that he had previously run for three days straight, rounding up his sheep in his, what they call, gum boots, rubber boots. He said afterwards that during the race, he imagined he was running after his sheep, trying to outrun a storm to get them to shelter. The Westfield run took him five days, 15 hours, and four minutes. He finished almost two days faster than the previous record for any other runner between Sydney and Melbourne, with an average speed of four miles per hour. All six competitors who finished the race after him all also broke the record. However, Young got the prize of $10,000. He didn't even realize that there was a prize, and he felt bad to accept it. He says, as each of the first five runners who finished had worked just as hard as he did, he took the money and split it between them, not keeping any. Despite attempting this event in his later years, Young was never able to compete or complete that feat again. There's one thing he did. If you read all of the account of this man, he believed in himself, that he had the power to do it. He didn't have to be like everybody else that showed up in their fancy shorts, their fancy hats. He showed up for who he was, where he was, to compete in something he had no idea that he could do. He didn't put his thoughts and emotions into, I've got 544 miles to run. He did it. And many times I believe in the life of the church, if we would just have the faith and that faith to believe, no matter what the obstacle is, we can do it. Have faith. We serve a God so big. We serve a God with all the, you know, you know the Bible says, all the cattle on a 1,000 hills or 10,000 hills. He owns the cattle on every hill that there is. Believe. Believe, that we can attain what it is that we set out to do. I've already said this, but your next point there, there's only one difference between the two voices that you hear in your head, and it's the word believe. The Bible talks about two destinations when we pass from this life to the next. One's heaven and one's hell. The difference between those two destinations is the word believe. Do you believe? Believing makes all the difference in the world. But here's the problem. I've run into people, and I'm sure you have run into people, I have believed I have admitted that I'm a sinner, that I believe Jesus died and rose again. Yes, I believe. That's a great miracle that's taking place in your life. And if you have believed, why haven't you continued to believe? It's because we have things happen. And it's in those moments when things happen that are what we call beyond our control maybe, where we feel like we can't put our thumb on it, so to speak, and we're able to right the ship, it brings that word doubt in, doesn't it? Lean on Jesus. Put on your rubber boots and lace up your bib overalls and believe. This past week, we had the blessing of going to a leadership conference and Obi and Danielle, Daryl and Melinda and Pam and myself. Our state convention blessed us and paid for us to go be a part of that up in Springfield, Illinois. There were 12 states represented, nine conventions represented, over 1,100 leaders from all over the Midwest. And one of the things I took away from that is, and always do, when you go to a convention or when you go to a camp or whatever it is, when you're a boys camp, girls camp, or whatever, we come back and we're all hopped up like we're on espresso, right? We're ready to go and do things. Because we heard some great preaching this week. We heard some great breakout sessions this week, and that has encouraged me. And I haven't taken an espresso shot yet, but I believe that I heard some preaching that's going to help me believe even deeper and stronger. And when we put our face into this book, and we understand the precepts, the principles, and we ask God to reveal things to us on a daily basis, it helps us to believe even stronger. Do that. Believe, believe, believe. Today, after church, many will go home and turn on the TV to watch what? Football. Football playoffs. I love football. In just a couple weeks, there's going to be one of the greatest spectacles on TV called the Super Bowl. Those of you old enough to remember, you remember this uh, thing about a reel on Wide World of Sports. And on Wide World of Sports, when they used to introduce that, there was this skier, this jumping skier that went down this slope, and I don't know how fast, they're flying, and he wipes out. And he goes flailing through the air and lands, boom. And who remembers what that uh, theme is for Wide World of Sports? That's right, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Don't suffer that agony of defeat at the end of your life. Believe on the name of Jesus and the power that that puts in you. Because there are people watching just like these boys on that team watched. A boy that doubted, and another boy that spoke up and doubted, Because they looked at the team that they were going to play and they said, we can't beat them. And the coach changed their mind. He changed what they believed. I think about this often. God, in the beginning, it says, created the heavens and earth. And as we read that account of creation where God created, and we start to see and we begin to read, and it says, Then God created man. But not only did he create man, he created man in what? His image. Think about that. You were created in the image of a perfect and holy God, and who thought so highly and so much of you that he created you in his image. For one thing, to believe in his power, in his direction. Do you believe? You see, as we look at sports, or even as we look at the life of a Christian, in sports it's not just great training, it's not just great coaching, it's not just running all the right plays, but it's the power to believe I can do this task. Do you believe? Do you believe what it says in Matthew when he tells us to go out and make disciples? Do you believe that you have the power to do that? Sadly, in the church, many don't. But I want to encourage you this morning that you take that lead from Jesus. You take that lead from your creator who created you in his image and believe that you have the power to make disciples. Because you do. I want you to read your Bible. I want you to pray. And all those things are good things, but unless we believe, we're not going to have power in any of those. Do you want victory in your life? I pray you do Then believe. If we don't believe that God will get us there, then I can guarantee you 100%, He's not going to take us there. Believe. We need to believe and trust God that there are daily victories to be known, that there are milestone victories every year that we can accomplish if we believe how many of you listened or had to sit under the teaching with a book and the writer of the book was Zig Ziglar in school it was in our health class when I went to school through high school our health teacher used Zig Ziglar's books a lot he was an encourager he was a guy who wanted to move forward things And he would encourage you through these just different things that he believed. And no matter what it is that I tell you, if we believe, it changes things. You know, I can tell you a lot of things that I have done. And it's for you to determine whether you believe me or not. They do a thing on TV and they've done a thing on the radio. I listen to it on the radio all the time. They'll say... I'm going to tell you something that's false about me, and I'm going to tell you something that's true about me. And I want you to determine which one you believe. So I'm going to do that just one time, okay? I got to participate in the Junior Olympics. And I placed first. I participated in a rodeo and never got bucked off now which one of those do you believe (laughs) anybody else it's okay i'll tell you you're wrong when you're wrong rodeo you said okay one for rodeo rodeo two for rodeo okay what's that Junior Olympics, I got one. Everybody gets bucked off. off. All right, yes. (laughs) The truth of the matter is, you had to determine which was true. I participated in Junior Olympics. (laughs) I don't say that as a brag. I say that because I was blessed to be able to do that in the sprints, 100, 200, 400, and 880. And I placed first in my division in all of those. I don't say that to brag. I just say that because some didn't believe. We have a choice to make this morning. Do you believe there's a heaven? And do you believe there's a hell? That's a yes to both. But which one we believe in and where we will spend eternity is what's going to change the course of your life forever, even into eternity. Believe. That last little thing there I wrote there, I said we can either live a life of doubt and fear in the wilderness or we can live a life of victory by believing in Jesus Christ. I believe our church is on the cusp of miracle territory in a great way. I believe that. Because I see men and women coming each and every week to hear the power of the Word of God. Not of Obie, not of anything, but the power of the Word of God being used by His Spirit through Obie in our church. It's the power that's going to move us forward. And I believe that we are poised here in Lincoln County to do something great. So believe, believe, believe. We're going to enter a time of prayer. If you need prayer for anything, I'd love to pray with you. There's going to be pastors at both of these next step tables. And we'd love to pray with you. If you've never believed on the name of Jesus, I would love to take the Bible and show you what it means to believe on the name of Jesus Christ. If you're online watching, I pray that you would reach out and have us contact you about that. We would love to pray with you in that way. So would you pray with me now?